you know, that there's a possibility that I won't. So I might have to go back to different states. But yeah, so we're, we're looking at a marathon a month, Hillary. <laughs> For three years. For three years. I, I want to do this by the time I'm 37 years old. Welcome back to the next episode. A bit of a focus on road running today, but an amazing episode all the same. Today's podcast is brought to you by Knack Nutrition. N-A-A-K-Bar.com is the website you can find them at. And you can use discount code TRW15 for 15% off at checkout. Stoked to be working with these guys. They are Canadian, but you can get the food across North America, the nutrition, I should say. My favorite part is that they are sustainable. So they're using sustainable ingredients, sustainable packaging. They're focusing on the climate while still offering amazing ultra fuel. The bars, the waffles, the protein, all things that taste good. The texture is easy to get down mid-race. So if you're looking for new nutrition as we're getting into long racing season, check them out, knackbar.com. Today's episode is with Kaylee. So Kaylee Hill is got a pretty amazing story that started a long time ago and she's not finished yet. So we're going to have to talk again. She went through some life and health issues and was at an all-time low and she decided to start running. And as per many people, running kind of saved her. So her first marathon was over five hours, but recently she qualified for Boston in four states. And now she's decided to go after the goal of being the first woman to qualify for Boston in all 50 states. So we get into how it's going to work, her plans, logistics, training, fuel, everything about it. And it's a pretty cool goal that's super long-term. So I love chatting with Kaylee. You can find more from her on her Instagram, which is linked in the show notes and follow her journey along. She's just kind of getting going. So we have a few years of seeing how this goes and she's hoping that by the end of it, it's like well-known and people can show up to the races. And if I was near her in the States, I definitely would. Update on life. We're gonna have Tori back as soon as we can. We've been trying to schedule, but things have been out of control lately, partly with this stupid new variant and daycare being out all the time and having to work from home. And um, Tori's not, great as quite early in the morning as I am and I cannot record with a toddler around you guys know how that would be even if you don't have a toddler you know how crazy that would be so I will give you a personal update on my own I have decided to do the BMO road marathon why I have no idea and then I roped Katie into it who said like it's not gonna be fair if you go have a super fun day and I'm not there um so with the fear of missing out we've got Katie, my running partner, to run it. So we are doing our speed workouts and they are ridiculous. Ridiculous as in every time I'm just like, why? Why am I doing this as someone who for years has spouted publicly that trails is the best way to go? For me personally. Anyways, it's super fun challenge to do something different. It is nice when time is harder to come by right now to go out and do some hard workouts. So the intervals, I am a pretty self-motivated person. And still, when I am doing intervals with someone else, particularly someone else who's a little bit faster, I do them better. So it's been fun to be able to train with a partner. Right now, they're pretty short. I guess we have like two workouts a week, and some of them are shorter, like three minutes or four minutes or five minutes, and then some long tempo. Both suck equally, but the one thing I've learned, which is amazing to me, I used to keep trying to like download the workouts and put them in my watch and then just got lazy if it wasn't working and then just tried to like keep an eye on the time. 
But then I never really knew if I was super improving or not because the graphs were all weird. And I am kind of a numbers geek. Anyways, the lap button and having no auto lap has been amazing because now I can try not to stare at the pace the whole time, hit the lap button, and then I can go look at the workout in Strava after. So this is very real running chat of me, isn't it? Anyway, that's been kind of fun. And then to go and see and be like, oh, okay, even though I felt like absolute garbage, there is a slight improvement. And sometimes it's by like one second, but I'm really enjoying having that like second improvement to look at and feel like things are going in the right direction. That being said, do you guys, the wrist heart rates, I have a lot of people be like, oh, why is my like fitness declining? I actually had an athlete ask this or my, um, my heart rate seems crazy. I find, and this isn't science, but I, I find it like 100% of the time, the wrist heart rates, A, aren't super accurate, but B, if it's cold out, I think that the numbers go extra crazy because I can take my heart rate and know that, like physically, know that it's like 150 or something after a sprint and my wrist will say like 210, which I've never even come close to in my life. I know that that's not a real thing. So my watch then perceives that my body went absolutely bananas trying to do this interval and I get these notifications that my fitness is going down. So just don't rely too much on those numbers either uh, because they can mess with your head and they don't know where you are like hormonally and all those things. So that's my two cents on why numbers are fun, but also why not to like stare at them too much. Doing a 5k road race on Sunday, this will come out after that. So hopefully it went better than the last one. And then the race is in May. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I guess that's all I can say about that. So far, the long runs have been easy. It's the long, hard runs that I'm a little nervous for. But that's why you have running friends. Anyway, so Kaylee's story is really inspiring with that kind of thing. It definitely helps. Okay, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's hillsport55. Love hearing from you guys. Other things that are really helpful is if you wanted to click the five star rating button you can leave us a review if you have time and feel so inclined but if you want to yell at me for something please just write it in a personal message and do like a very one-on-one -on -one attack that's way better and if you want a backlog there's only 14 15 episodes up right now on the patreon but that's where the ones that disappear from the world will be so if you want to binge old ones if you're new check out patreon and Anything else that is important to say? I think that's it for now. Guys, you're so much fun. You're awesome. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, I'm here with a majority road runner, I believe, with a few ultras mixed in, but a pretty inspiring story and a huge goal um, that you're trying to achieve. And I'm excited to get into all of these things. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Hillary. It's great to be here. So I actually first saw a post on Facebook that you had put in a group that we're both in just about the amazing strides, no pun intended, that you have made in your marathon time and like hours off, which I think is everybody's dream. And now you're going on to try to qualify for Boston in every state, which is so awesome. So let's back up and start with how you got into running and if you ran as a kid in that first marathon with um, a five plus hour time. Yeah, absolutely. So running is a really interesting story for me because, so I had siblings who were like state champions and cross country. 
I was always athletic as a kid, but I mean, I played basketball, but I, uh, I was always, I was never considered a runner. In fact, Hillary, I'm pretty sure that I'm the first person in Utah that was kicked off the cross country team. Um, I'm not, I'm not even kidding you. I had a coach that said that I literally looked like I had something, you know, up whatever, as I ran, I mean, it was, it was traumatizing. Um, I just told that I had a weird gait. And so I always saw running as just kind of like something that I just couldn't do, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because it's something that's just natural and there's like a really low barrier to entry. But so I, I just never kind of saw myself as a runner. And so, you know, fast forward a few years and on my 21st birthday, me and my friend literally were like, you know what, like, let's go run a marathon. (laughs) And I, I mean, no training. I always, you know, you think of the ultimate running challenge in the marathon, which is kind of that for me. And so we woke up day of, and we signed up and ran and it was awful because we hadn't trained, but I mean, it was like, boom. So I did that. And I kind of just never really thought about running since. I mean, I, again, I kind of stayed active, but, um, when I really got into running was, you know, when I kind of did like a a health transformation and a health journey. And, and so, yeah, but I, I didn't really run in my formative years. I, I kind of just, again, I, I wasn't really seen as a runner and, kind of stayed far away from it. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but it totally is like, can, I was actually listening to something the other day where somebody had a high school teacher say something and it took them like until they were 35 to get over it. It's amazing how powerful some people's words can be. And you sound like so confident and such an upbeat person that you were like, kind of F them. I'm going to do this anyways. But imagine if you weren't that strong, how much of an impact, like you wouldn't be doing this. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and, you know, I don't know if it's as pervasive now, but I just remember the few, you know, meets that I would show up to before I was cut. And it, again, it was all about, you know, your genetics and your size. And I was like, this is kind of like a little bit of a toxic culture, but anyway, it, so yeah, it, it, it was a little bit kind of scarring just to be told that you're like, you're, you're not a runner and you should probably go figure something else out, but. Crazy. So how old are you now? I am 33. Okay. So in that time, you've obviously run quite a few more marathons and you just mentioned briefly um, some health issues that made you get back into it. Before we get into that, do you remember anything about that marathon and how it went and any details and what your time was? Um, So that marathon was about four hours and 55 minutes. It was awful. Like I said, I had never... I had never run anything like it before. And my goal was just to finish with my, my best friend. And again, I was, I was, you know, three years out of high school. So I was in still decent shape. Right. Um, but it, I mean, it was, it, it was awful. <laughs> like it was, I, I remember at like mile 18, I was like, never, never again. Like this is absolutely awful. Um, so yeah, but it's, the regarding the post in that um that marathon so when and i hope you don't mind if i just jump into that no go for it so i was 26 and you know a lot of things kind of happened in my life and i i kind of turned to some like unhealthy habits um and basically was in the worst shape of my life um and i mean 
Hillary, I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs without like gasping for breath. Right. And this, it kind of just happened really slowly. It's not like I woke up one morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like so out of shape and so unhealthy. And my friend called me and she's like, Hey, one of my goals is to run a marathon before I turn 30. And I know you've run one. Why don't you, you come do this with me? And so I was like, yeah, I've done it before. Like I'm an athlete, blah, blah, blah. So I ran it with her and that's the marathon where I got five hours and 12 minutes. And it was, sorry, if you get emotional, um, it was a, it just, it was rough. And I, I have never felt, I mean, it, I, I know marathons are hard, but like I could, I couldn't even, I mean, I finished, but it was, I think it was like the first time where I was like, this is, I'm in, I'm in pretty rough shape right now. <laughs> and I remember being super proud that I finished, but it kind of was like a, a rude awakening that like, you can't just wing stuff like this anymore. And so, yeah, it was that, that was about five hours and, and 12 minutes. And it was, I mean, we finished, but it was, boy, it was rough. Yeah. That was, I think maybe what I thought you felt in the first one, um, that like, it's so hard and it's so terrible, but it lights a fire, right? Yeah, it really does. And I think it's, it's like, and everybody, you know, I remember when I signed up, they're like, you can't fake a marathon. <laughs> I was like, I, I know that. And so it really, I mean, finishing was a cool accomplishment, but I, I mean, again, it was just kind of like a, like a wake up call, you know, I'm like, what, what kind of health do you want to be in and, and what, you know, so it, it was, yeah, it was, it was really quite awful. But at the same time, and maybe like part of what you mean by like being proud that you finished, it's also not something that you can do without being really mentally tough, especially totally. if you're not in shape, like that's almost harder. Um, and a lot of people wouldn't even attempt it. So you're kind of proving yourself that like you can do things as well as like, you're not living up to potential kind of thing, right? Totally. Well, and I think, again, it comes back to, I always saw running as this, like, it's like, when you think of a challenge, I always like went to running. Like if any, if I was going through anything, it was like, I would go for a run, even if that wasn't like my normal routine. And I really think it's because I, again, I just was, it just wasn't ever something that I was good at. And so it's like, well, if if life's not working out, I'm going to go run, you know, it's just, it's so interesting just kind of how that's like a physical representation of like going through something hard, but yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's so funny how like, that's just such a common parallel that people draw. But so I want to know then after you finished this, was there a moment in time or something specific that happened that you were like, okay, I'm going to try to do this faster. And what did that look like? Absolutely. So you know, that obviously that was a big wake up call. And, um, a couple months later, I just, again, I, I, it was a really low point in my life. Um, I tried to start a business that failed miserably. I mean, I was in debt, my health was terrible. And I remember waking up one morning and it was like, all these things are out of control. And it's like, you know what, like, I'm going to take my health back. I mean, I, I remember exactly like lying there and saying like, this is my decision and we're going to start with health. And so what I did, Hillary, was literally every day after work, I would walk three hours a day because that's all I could do. I, I, I genuinely like, I couldn't force myself to run. I didn't care to run at that point. And so I walked and walked. I did this for about like eight months to a year. 
And I was, I got really dialed in on nutrition and making sure that I was, you know, eating things that were good for me. And so anyway, that led to a year later from that decision. I mean, I I was, I was getting really healthy and my friend, I, she called me and was like, Hey, like, do you want to run the same marathon? So this, this marathon that we ran when I was 21, it's called the Utah Valley marathon. And she's like, do you want to, do you want to run this with me? I was like, yeah, of course. And so up until that point, like I kind of mixed in like run walking and we ran that race and I got a four hour and 10 minute marathon. So I, I PR'd and I remember at like mile 24, I felt so strong and I had to like slow down and wait for her. And when we finished, I was, I literally went home and I looked up what the qualifying time was for the Boston marathon. And I was like, you know, I, I just, I don't know why it, it, so if you look at a marathon as like being the ultimate, like physical challenge, qualifying for the Boston was like next level. And it just seemed kind of like that next impossible And so that's when I decided that I was going to focus on time. And so I signed up for a race that was about three months from that previous race. So I had three months to to train and and prep for this race that to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So that's what that's kind of that journey and kind of when I made that decision. Um, And so I don't know if you want me to go into what happened on that next race, but it's... (laughs) It's pretty miraculous. It's pretty miraculous. Like, but so- I mean, it's already miraculous that you went from five something to four ten from walking three hours a day. Oh, which two things? Like, I tell people sometimes, like, walking is fine, especially if we're doing like a long base and it's a walk run, and they feel like it's cheating or it's not doing the fitness. And you sort of prove that wrong. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like, was there any part of you that was? started to wonder if maybe you were a little bit naturally talented because a lot of people will work their asses off for a long time for something around four hours and maybe can't do it. You know what? That's so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So after that race, that's the first time where I'm like, maybe everything else everybody was saying was just complete garbage. And like, maybe I do have a knack for this. That was the first time where I really was like, so let's go after it. (laughs) Like, let's go figure it out. And I, so after that race, when I signed up for that marathon, that would happen in three months, I didn't have a Garmin. I had no training, um, devices. I didn't have a coach. And what I did was I decided that if I could run Hills really fast, then I could probably run this race that was flat really fast. So every day I would wake up before work and I would go and do these hill sprints and these trail runs and, I did that for about three months and the day of the race came. I didn't tell anyone that I signed up. I just kind of woke up, drove myself. They bust us to the starting line. And I remember, you know, being on the bus and everybody talking about their training plans and all this and their coaches. And I was sitting there, you know, I should have been like this poser and this fraud, but I I really just didn't have a doubt. I was like, I'm ready to do this. And that, race, I ended up qualifying by a minute. I got three hours and 34 minutes and the qualifying time then was three hours and 35. And that's when I was like, anything's possible. Like I, that was the first time in my life where I saw something that was really like deemed as impossible and like set it as a goal and like pushed beyond like what I thought was my limit. And 
that kind of changed everything for me, to be honest. And I mean, there's something to be said for that. And I think the fact that you ran fast uphill, like obviously that makes you stronger, but if you had gone out and done speed work straight flats with only three months with not doing anything before, you might've ended up injured, but you really decrease the impact as well when you're doing uphill runs, which is kind of cool that it all just sort of worked out on that. Yeah. Did you have any parts of your body that started to feel like they were breaking down or any injuries or anything? Cause no. even two marathons, three months apart is really close together. Right? No, I, I was so, I mean, I, I felt really lucky. I mean, Honestly, I didn't know that like injuries were really prevalent or prevalent within the running community. I, I mean, just again, I was total novice, but no, like no inner injuries, no, you know, anything that would slow me down. Um, and yeah, I, and I probably should have, like I said, I, when people ask like, what's your training plan? I'm like, I would not recommend this. <laughs> like, I think that this is very like unique to me. And it, and it worked and it worked for me. Um, and again, I think a lot of it too was, I mean, I, and this is going to sound super cheesy. Like it's all that I thought about. Like I, I visualized, like I was so bought in and it, I think a lot of it was like mental too. Um, totally. I probably lacked from like additional training. So, <laughs> so when was this marathon? How many years ago? So that was in 2016. So that race, so the, the five hour and 12 minute one was 2014. And two years later, that exact same race, I got the, the Boston qualifying time. Wow. That's amazing. What about at the end of that race? Um, cause obviously you've kind of continued on this role, um, what, what was it like to qualify for Boston that fast? And then what made you, like, when did this goal of qualifying in every state? Let's talk about that. Like, why? Yeah. So it was surreal. Um, I remember, <laughs> like, I I, oh, it was, it was crazy. And I, I remember I finished and like I said, I didn't tell anyone that I was there. So I finished alone and I, I, I got on the, my phone and I called my family and was like, I just qualified for the, and they don't really know what that means. They're like, that's awesome. Like Boston sounds great. Like, you know, (laughs) I, so after that, after that race, I, it impacted me so much Hillary that I remember I sat down that night and I was like, you know what? Like this, this kind of was a domino effect from like one decision. And like my mantra became like, you are literally one decision away from a new life. And so I wanted to dedicate like running and doing something that was impossible. So I, I literally Googled how many people qualified for the Boston marathon in all 50 States and seven names came up and they were all men. And I was like, there, there aren't women out there. So I'm like, I, I want to be one of the first women to do this. And like my message and my mission is that like anything is possible And so that's when I decided was after that race and um, just kind of, again, like just dedicated myself to that mission. And you've done four states already. I have. So 2019, I did, yeah, I qualified in Montana, Arizona, and Idaho, and I had already um, qualified in Utah. So yeah, I'm at, I was at four total. So I have 
like two directions I want to go in. I don't know where to go first. Well, yeah, first of all, what is this like logistically? Um, <laughs> like, how are you going to do a year? Have you like mapped it out? Like, how are you going to make it work? So, yeah, logistically. So obviously we know that um, there's a, quite a bit of recovery that happens and we could go in like 50 different directions with this. So I, I've had to figure out um, kind of like a recovery plan and a like nutrition plan, because what I was doing before was completely unsustainable. And like I said, we could probably talk about that for hours, but um, so right. I've actually finally hired a coach and because I, I realized that if I'm running one marathon a month, so that's my plan is next year I have 12 marathons booked out one a month and I want to do this within three years. So I'm going to be running a marathon every month for three years and so I wanted somebody who is kind of in this world of running that can help me figure out what recovery looks like and make sure that I can sustain this. And I, I don't, when I called her and we got on the phone, she's like, man, I don't, she's like this best of luck. Like we'll do our best to make sure that you can, you know, handle this load. But yeah, so that, that's kind of the logistics. It's a lot of travel, obviously trying to figure out what races are happening. I mean, obviously Alaska is probably not going to have a ton of marathons in January, nor would I want to run that. But so, yeah, we, it's, I kind of just are am booking it with seasonality. And again, the plan is to, to qualify the first go around, obviously that, you know, that there's a possibility that I won't. So I might have to go back to different States, but yeah, so we're, we're looking at a marathon a month, Hillary. <laughs> For three years. For three years. I, I want to do this by the time I'm 37 years old. Oh my God. That is so cool. Okay. So first of all, it's also a financial um, thing, right? Yeah. Commitment yep. is the word I'm looking for. So what I'm hoping is that at least a few of these into it, some race directors hear what you're doing and want to help support or sponsors. So I'm going to throw that out there in case anybody's listening, um, because I think what you're doing is so amazing. Are you in a relationship? Do you have a partner and what do they think about? I do. I, I'm engaged. Um, and she is incredible. I, it's actually really interesting and sappy, but (laughs) as usual as all, you know, but, uh, in 2020, you know, things kind of shut down Mm. and all the races shut down and it was kind of a dumpster fire for me because, I was running, but had nothing to run for. And there, I'll be honest with you, there was a point where I was like, this is what's, you know, are, are we ever going to open up again? Like, why am I doing this to my body? And she literally pulled me from the depths and was like, this is your mission. And I've never been in a relationship with someone who's been so supportive. And she's like, whatever you need to do to accomplish this, if you need to quit your day job, if you need, she's like, this is, this is your legacy. And so I am incredibly fortunate to have someone who believes in it and is just as passionate about it as I am. And so, and she, and bless her heart, you know, I was like, I'm probably going to be gone like two or three, you know, every other weekend or whatever. And she's like, I'll, I'll make it to the ones that I can because she's, you know, has her business and her life, but she's usually there at the, the finish line. And like I said, I just am incredibly fortunate. Does she run? She, you know what? She does. We actually, when we, when we met three years ago, 
that's kind of how we connected is she started running and she's like, maybe you can help me. I'm like, I don't even know how to help myself, but sure. Like, <laughs> so yeah, she, she runs, it's, it's not as much, it's more of just a hobby, but yeah, she's, I mean, she's pretty much talented at everything. So that's awesome. And it, at least it like, my husband and I kind of have a similar dynamic where like, I'll have these big crazy goals and he does a lot of supporting, but the fact that some of the training days are days that he can do with me, like, or, you know, for you, I guess, if you're doing a slow recovery jog or something, if she wasn't um, as into it, like that just makes it so much more rewarding for both parties to be oh, able to totally, train together. Totally. So my other question then, I guess, is you obviously have improved huge amounts every time you've run a marathon. And now you're going into this sustain mode. So you're not going to be able to get to the line and be like, I'm going to run a sub three because the chances then, I mean, I shouldn't say you're not going to be, you could, but scientifically the chances then of recovering and qualifying again a month from now and then continuously for the next 40 months are probably more challenging. Is there any part of you that is like, okay, when this is done, I need to then rest and see how fast I can actually be? You know, that's so funny you brought that up because I, that is on one of my, my on my bucket list is to do a sub three, but it's not, I'm not going to push for that, you know, in lieu of this other goal. I, when I'm done with this, I, yeah, I want to, I want to break the three hour barrier Will my body allow it? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it'll like, I'll still be able to go push for something like that. But I, you know, it's, it's funny because I'm so focused on this goal right now that like anything outside of it, but I I do think that that is something that I want to push for. And kind of on the note of like ultras, like I, I kind of fell in love with trail running. Um, especially when I was training for that first marathon, everything I did was on a trail and it, it's so different than road racing. And so I've thought about, you know, doing ultras afterwards or, you know, kind of getting more in that space. But for right now, like I said, I'm just so focused on this Boston and 50 States business that, yeah, but who knows, who knows, maybe, maybe that will be on the docket, but it'll definitely not be a goal within like the next three years. So (laughs) this is kind of like, I, I kind of get that. This is, this is really fun to me. So tell me what you guys, you and your coach have talked about. How is this going to look in between marathons? And I presume part of it is like each marathon will make you then fitter for the next, provided you give your body enough time to recover. So what is it going to look like between months for you? So we're the way that she's laid it out is like each marathon is really just like a training run. She's like, you just have to look at it as like one of your long runs. And so right now we're in a building phase because I haven't raced in a a while. And so I'm trying to get speed back so that I can, once I'm there, I can actually maintain it. But what it looks like is a ton of recovery. So after a race, it's like a week, a week and a half of really just high volume, low, low intensity which again, these are all like new words to me. Cause like, cause I've never had like a, a running coach and also what we're really hitting on Hillary and which I could talk about for hours is nutrition. 
and how like it is so necessary for your body, not only to perform, but to recover is eating, like fueling your body where before, like I didn't do a very good job at all. And I've, I mean, it's some, it's a miracle that, you know, some races I was able to finish the way that I was, but it, it really is again, just about that, those recovery runs and fueling and nutrition. And so that's something that we're working on right now, which has been game changing for me. Yeah, especially, well, I actually, not especially, but I did notice a lot of your posts are kind of talking about the food side of it. So what kind of nutrition are you looking at? Are you like in race fuel or eating consistently? And I do want to get into that a bit because that is something, especially with ultra running and you probably noticed in like your trail marathon, you probably went through more calories. And for some reason, people sometimes can't get their mind around how much food they actually have to get in. So um, what kind of nutrition things are you looking at? Macros, volume, just let's get into it. Yeah. So before all of this, I was, I mean, it was all about calories, which I mean, is a really interesting space. I think, especially not just for women athletes, but for women in general, we kind of have a magnifying glass on calories when it comes to, you know, weight and whatever. And so for me, it was, I would basically look at what my trainings were burning as far as calories go and then trying to eat right and keep like that consistent calorie count, which again was, it it didn't matter what I was eating. So there would be days, Hillary, where it'd be like five protein bars. I mean, it was, there was no diversity. It was, I mean, it, it, like I said, just wasn't sustainable. So now I, and through a lot of education and a lot of trial and error, it's insane to me the amount of food, which is, like I said, it's, and it's all kinds. I mean, we're, we're talking vegetables, grains. I mean, I, it's literally everything on the gambit. And what's really interesting, and this was not, you know, suggested by my coach, but something that I've been trying, I'm probably about 80 to 90% plant-based now which is really interesting. And I've been doing it for about six months and I've actually probably have eaten more being on a plant-based diet than anything. And so it's, but yeah, I just for my own like mental health, Hillary, to be honest with you, like I don't keep track of macros or calories or anything. I just, I know like what my body's like hungry for And I know like what it takes to sustain these runs and what it takes to recover from them. And so, yeah, it's the amount of food now that I'm eating probably is like quadrupled from like when I first started running and getting into this, which is, and again, I feel it's, it, what a weird concept, right? That like, it actually takes like fuel to like perform. And like, I, I feel like I'm just discovering this where it's like, oh my gosh, like, I'm actually like fueling my body and it's working and like, I feel so much better after these runs. And so, yeah, that's just kind of the, the evolution of, of kind of like my nutrition journey, but. It's funny. I think everybody comes to that realization where they go through the same thing and it's like, I start running and part of me is thinking I'll lose weight. So I don't want to eat that much, but then uh, I start to get injured or I can't hold the pace and then I eat a little bit more. And then finally I just accept the amount of fuel it takes to do what I want to do. And then I run way faster and my body actually changes in a good way. Oh, totally. It's Yeah. Everybody goes through that. It's crazy. Where are you now in this? When are you officially 
starting? You've done four. Have they been your per month or is this starting like January now? So yeah, my next race is Austin, Texas, which, so it's really, it's kind of iconic for me because that's the last race I ran in 2020 Mm -hmm. and I missed the qualifying time by like three minutes. (laughs) It was, that's a, it's a rough course. Um, and so this is like my comeback race. Um, I'm going back to Austin and that's when this is going to start again. And I, it's incredibly hilly. And yeah, I, so I think I have, that's actually starting in the beginning of February. So I have, I think like six weeks left or six weeks out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm amped, but I'm, I think it's going to, I have a totally different mindset going into this and I feel prepared on like a different level. So it's, I'm really excited. And my fiance is actually flying out there and she's going to do the half. So I'm, We'll, we'll be doing this little challenge together. So, <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. What do you do for work? So I am a vice president of marketing for a supplement company called Life Seasons. And so it's all about nutraceuticals. And I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Um, it's really funny because I worked for a grill company. I don't know if you've ever heard of Traeger grills, but yeah, they have commercials and stuff all over the place. Are they? they? Yeah. Yeah. On Joe Rogan or something, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like, (laughs) and I was there for about five years and finally I had a friend call me and they were like, you're in the wrong industry. You need to be in the health and wellness. So I, I, I switched over this company and yeah, it's been, I, I love it. I think it's more aligned with my values with, with health and wellness. So that's pretty fun. What do they think about this? So I, it's when we, I, my first one-on-one with, with my, uh, you know, my boss, he was like, what, what do you aspire to in life? And I was like, you know, I was like, I, I love my job. I think this is great. But I'm like, my, my passion is this Boston marathon qualifying time in all 50 States. And I mean, he first he thought I was, a, I was joking and he's like, oh, so like, so you're going to be pretty offline on the weekends. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> No, I, and the thing is, it's really cool because we work remotely. We're hundred percent remote, you know, and it's been really awesome to have that flexibility because, you know, training takes forever and I will be traveling quite a bit and to be able to do my job on the road is, has been pretty imperative, but yeah, they, they think, I think they think I'm nuts, but they're, they're fully supportive. So <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it kind of ties in, right? Like health stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you're like, yeah, I have my boundaries and on the weekend I'm running and I'm not going to take a call at mile 20 or whatever. It yep, is. exactly. What about, okay. So I'm, I have two more questions. This is just so interesting to me. I never stick on one topic for so long, but I really, I really love what you're doing. And every time you say something, I'm like, but what about this? So after this is done, and I don't know if you felt this in races that were important to you prior, there is like this moment of sadness and like, yes. what do I do now? Have you thought about that last marathon and how that's going to feel? I, you know what, that, I, yes. And I have <laughs> felt that. I have felt that when I've, I think there's an actual like term for it. When you like compete in a race or you, you accomplish a goal, there's like this depression that like happens. Cause you, it's like, now what, you know? And yeah. I thought, you know, and I have thought about that and it's like, so I've, this will be like a seven year pursuit altogether. Right. And it's like now, like what's the next step? And I, 
I honestly don't know like what comes after this. And I think that's why, I mean, it has, like I said, it, it is like an obsession. It really does occupy a lot of my life, but I'm trying to keep like a balance so that like, I don't lose everything else around it because when this is over, like I still want to have relationships. I still want to have, you know, other skills and hobbies, but yeah, no, I, I do. I do wonder what that will be like. And honestly, what will probably happen, Hillary, is it'll be like, cool. So like, what's the next big giant thing? That's I was what, just gonna say. That's what's going to happen. It's like, okay, great. So like, are we going to run one on every continent? Like, let, let's go. <laughs> well, the thing is too, like the world of trail running will then open up to you. Um, and you, I'm sure, will get a huge thrill out of being like, can I run a hundred miles through a mountain pass or something. So you'll definitely, the world is your oyster afterwards as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, like I said, I, I've, I admire all the ultra runners. I'm like secretly, I think Courtney DeWalter's biggest fan girl. Right. And so I, I do, I look at all those and like, maybe that's next, who knows? So yeah, for sure. And if you can eat, then you are halfway there because that is the biggest problem is can you eat for that long? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> What is, if you had advice for a younger you or any younger women listening who maybe have been told they shouldn't run or, you know what, told they shouldn't accomplish or couldn't accomplish any of their goals, um, what's the message you're trying to get to them with this? I would say like my biggest message is, and I, I know like this is cliche, but it's like you you know yourself and like the, the thing is like you'll never know your limits or like, what isn't your limits? If, if you don't try, like you just have to take action and try. Like I would have never in a million years thought that I would be qualifying for the Boston marathon, let alone in one state, but in multiple states. Like when I woke up that one morning and said, you know, I'm going to walk three hours a day, that, that wasn't, you know, I, I didn't wake up thinking this, I was going to go after this big goal, but you have to start somewhere. Like it, regardless of what, anybody says, just start and do something. And you have no idea where it will lead. And I think people are, are, and advice that I'd give myself is like, don't be afraid to fail because it, it does open up doors when you just try, like everybody's new at something like you're, you're, you're new when you start out. And so I would just say like, just do it, just try it. You have no idea where it will lead you. And again, like I said, this has just been my personal mantra, but like, you are genuinely one freaking decision away from an entirely different life. And you just have to make that decision and go after it with your whole heart. That's so cool. I love that. Did you hear that somewhere? Did you make that up? I, you know what? I'm, I, I am a binge listener of motivational talks. <laughs> so I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I was like, I'm sure most of my repertoire is, is all like Mel Robbins or whatever, but yeah, I'm sure I've, I, but like that for me, like that is literally like on my mirror. Like it's just, it's, it, it's what's resonated with me and it's what's made a difference in my life. Well, you know what? Like sometimes I've had other writers. Um, I know we didn't get too much into your writing, but I've had people that can write so fabulously, but they don't always connect it to be able to public speak as well. Um, but you're a, a like a great speaker and I think you. you should blog this, like, right. I'm sure you will write about this marathon thing and, um, and talk to people about it. Like you could totally end up being on stage and talking about what the next three years are going to be like. 
Well, I, I appreciate that. I think it, that the hardest thing is, you know, is trying to figure out how to get this message out. And again, like it, this, this isn't, you know, for like any monetary gain. Like I, I genuinely do just want people to know that like what's possible. And so I think that's a great idea, whatever outlet, I just need to go for it. <laughs> yeah. And so if our listeners want to find more of you or, or learn anything now, do you have any places? I know you mentioned a website before. Is that still up and going? Yeah. So they can go to, I think I need, yeah, I think it's KayleeHill.com. Um, also I'm on Instagram at just Kaylee Hill. Um, I think it's just all together, but yeah, I, I will, it's pretty outdated. I think the last race that I wrote about was that Austin marathon in, in 2020 where it didn't necessarily happen. So, um, yeah, I will be updating that frequently and people can go and read along if they wish. Awesome. Well, I will link to all of that in the show notes. Um, and the last question I have for you, speaking back to food, after you finish a marathon, what is the post race meal that you're most excited for? Oh, it's so glamorous, Hillary. <laughs> Do you know it? This is the last three miles. All I think is I want my diet, Dr. Pepper. I literally, I go get a 32 ounce or maybe even 44 ounce diet, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I mean, that's what I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's a burn. And then I go for, I mean, if it's going to be like a sloppy burger, like anything, like it just, I want it to be so messed up. The more messed up, the better. So a sloppy burger somewhere, but the most important is that diet, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Kaylee, I can a hundred percent relate to that. Like thirst quenching burn is the most satisfying (laughs) moment of your life. Yep. Yep. Totally. Well, thank you again. And I know I said before the show, but we were recording on what probably is a break from work in that weird time between Christmas and New Year's. So I appreciate um, so much you chatting with me and I am really excited to just follow along with this. And I love that your goal gets to last over multiple years. So maybe we will chat again when you have like two marathons left and you'll listen back to this and be like, I was so naive. Or you'll be like, I had that dialed in and it'll be awesome. I look forward to it. No, it was a pleasure, Hillary. I think what you're doing is awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you.